0: Before the assault occurred, according to this source, the intruder confronted Mr. Pelosi in their home, shouting, where is Nancy? Where is Nancy? Debbie Dingell, that's what the intruders... Going through the hallways on January 6th, we're shouting, Nancy, Nancy. These conspiracies already produced violence on January 6th. And so it's no surprise that that would only continue. We have obviously seen political violence as we did on January 6th. January 6th. January 6th. January 6th. January 6th.
1: January 6th. January 6th. January 6th. January 6th.
0: January 6th. This is part of the January 6th insurrection toxicity that has infected the, the brains of people around the country uh, in horrible ways, if this is accurate.
2: Really? Oh, those violent Republicans. I am so impressed with the job that CNN and MSNBC and L have done finally pinning down the source of violence. It's the Republicans. Brian, probably you don't remember how that uh, Republican sniper went to the uh, Washington uh, baseball. Oh team. yeah, the Steve Scalise thing. Uh, yeah, I do, and, yeah, and shot uh, with a uh, semi-automatic <laughs> rifle at at uh, Democrats. Oh, oh, wait a minute. That that yeah. was actually a Bernie Sanders. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you probably don't remember how the Black Lives Matter people were rioting in favor of justice and funding the police and supporting laws and and protecting the innocent. That wasn't the Republicans? Uh no, uh-huh. Well, you certainly must remember Antifa, they are against uh you know, I mean they Ant- don't like fascists? Antifa?
3: No, that's just an idea.
2: Oh, now we're now we're <laughs> quoting Democrat congressmen. <laughs> yeah. Uh jeez. Oh man. It's the Repo- it's not the Democrats. No, no, it's the Republicans that are fomenting violence. Even though the Democrats are burning down cities, killing innocent people, trying to defund the police, shooting at Republican congressmen. But that's not the Democrats' fault. This is the Republicans' fault. What a bunch of hypocrites. Just a bunch of phonies. It never stops, does it? No, it does not. All right, 874, that was just an aside. There is a piece the Foundation for Economic Education. If you, uh, if you get a chance, you really need to go there because uh, they are just great. They wrote about the, uh, the uh, 2023 federal tax brackets because they're out, and they have to take into consideration inflation. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Uh, the Internal Revenue Service released their new federal income tax brackets last week. Though marginal tax rates didn't change under federal law, the brackets are adjusted for inflation. So, let's take married couples filing jointly. Uh, you pay ten percent if you're making twenty-two grand or less. Uh, twenty-two uh, over twenty-two to ninety thousand, you're paying twelve percent. Twenty-two percent if you're making ninety to one hundred and ninety percent. Literally, if you're making between 190 dollars and $364,000, you're paying fully a quarter of your pay. 24%, that's about a quarter of your pay. That's given up a lot. If you're making 364000 to 462000 you give up about a third of your pay. If you make four hundred and sixty-two to six hundred ninety-three, you're giving up thirty-five percent. That's more than a third of your pay. And if you're making six hundred ninety-three thousand dollars or more, you pay almost half, thirty-seven percent of your pay. Now, don't forget, you're paying federal excise tax, state income tax. In some areas of the country, including Kansas City and St. Louis, there's another income tax plus sales tax, real estate tax, personal property tax. So if you've worked hard and you've worked smart and you're making $700,000 or just shy thereof, the government will take practically half of your pay. What did you do to have to give up half of your pay? What could you possibly have done to piss off the government that they want half your pay. Um, Fee rights. most Americans probably don't ask themselves uh, questions about this. The truth is, most of us pay taxes not because we want to, but because we'll go to prison if we don't. And because our wages are garnished, which is another story, uh, some will say they pay taxes because it's their civic duty, but a funny thing happens... When you ask these same people to pay more than they have uh, than they have to, they don't. We've pointed this out, billionaires and multimillionaires saying, oh, we should raise taxes. Well, why don't you send a bigger check to the feds? No, no, they don't do that. Others, they write, will argue taxes are necessary to fund the programs and departments of the federal government. And they will have a point. The Pentagon's budget is $767 billion dollars all by itself. Department of the Treasury, not far behind, $704 billion. Department of Transportation, $128 billion. Department of Agriculture, $208 billion. And it goes on and on, they write. Indeed, the list is so long that few Americans could name all the federal departments and agencies, and even fewer could explain what these agencies actually do. And this invites an important question. What is the purpose of government? Well, what is the purpose of government? Probably a good question to ask. What is the purpose of government? Why do we have it? Every man has a property in his own person. There is, uh, this uh, nobody has any right, uh, this nobody has any right to but himself. The labor of his body and the work of his hands, we may say, are properly his. This is John Locke. The great and chief end, therefore of men's uniting into commonwealths and putting themselves under government is the preservation of their property. In other words, the government's job is just to protect you from the outside world, not to protect you from yourself. Its purpose is not to redistribute wealth Provide services to people, educate children. Government should be limited to its sole purpose, which is why the framers of the Constitution enumerated specific powers to the federal government. Spelling out exactly what it was permitted to do and stating in the Bill of Rights everything the federal government could not do to citizens. It's a great piece. 874-9390, toll free 800-529-5572. Don, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Oh, I'm fine,
4: Gary. How are you this morning?
2: I am well. Thank you.
4: I noticed you had a, a montage of the uh, liberal liberal heads talking points. Yeah. Uh, all using, where's Nancy, and January 6th. Uh, I wonder where they all get that same talking point. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, yeah. Happens? Kind of, they all come out with the same words. Uh... But the reason I was calling, I just went down and voted downtown absentee voting. I'm going to be, Tuesday's not going to work for me. But uh, I wanted to tell everybody how easy it was. You know, you walk in from the uh, west side there by the uh, outside amphitheater, and you go in, and there was no line. There was probably 10 or 12 people voting. They were extremely friendly. Uh, you know, just e- easy. The thing that really made it easy was all the Republicans are listed at the first, you know, the first applicant, the top of the ballot. So you can just kind of mark them and get out of the way. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty darn easy. Uh, then the other thing I had, you know, I think I've heard that we're going to have maybe a 50 to 65 percent turnout for this election it would be great to do away with the april election which we have a very small turnout maybe 10 20 percent and have which is typically the school board and things like that save some money and get a better representation by having that you know in the november election
2: yeah i don't disagree with you i think they do it on purpose This is when the left throw everything out that they want uh, to get voted on and passed.
4: I I agree. Yeah. But uh, absentee voting is really easy and it's in a lot more places than downtown. I think it's Douglas School. I think it's at uh, Ashland Library, maybe, uh, maybe somewhere up at either Hallsville, uh, Centralia and maybe another spot or two in Columbia. All right. And, and uh, it's Saturday and Sunday, too, from about 9 to 3. Right. So there's no reason for people not to vote. And as, they, uh, as Democrats used to say, vote early and vote often. And I think that's a good uh, motto.
2: Well, that's Scarface. <laughs> Literally, that's who, that's who coined that phrase. Okay. All right, Don, thank you. Gary. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Quick break up against the clock. We'll be back on the Zimmer Radio Network. Quick plug here for a book. Um, <clears throat> about a month ago, um, I had uh, Jeannie uh, Singfield on the program. She and Art Laffer uh, co-wrote a book about taxes. Uh, actually, there were three of them. There's another economist involved in this thing, too. But Art Laffer was, uh, was on talking about this book on Fox Business. And uh, made a point about higher taxes. Democrats all want to tax the rich. We are just talking about all these different tax brackets. My progressive friends, you need to listen to
1: this. Sometimes I think we're not focusing enough on taxes. And we have a stagflation. And I wanted you to just give us, as only you can, a primer. Why are taxes important? What are the consequences of taxes? You know, Larry, if you can, I mean, taxes are a huge portion of our lives. Whether it be federal taxes, state taxes, local taxes, they're just a huge portion of our lives. And they really do direct things. Taxes are a negative incentive and people try to avoid paying taxes. Now, there are lots of ways of doing that. You can use evasion, avoidance, underground economy, tax shelters, omissions, credits, uh, all of that stuff happened, or just going out of business or moving to a different place. And what you see these taxes do is they really, really, really do affect people's behavior. Now, we focus very much in the book on the top 1% and the very highest tax rate. And what you find is just just shocking how clear it is. Every time you raise the highest tax rate, the economy underperforms. Every time you lower the highest tax rate, the economy outperforms. It really does over a long period. The 30s, the 40s, great underperformance. Then the Kennedy go-go 60s, which you wrote about, Larry, and we're very much in. And the roaring 20s and the uh, Reagan period, you know, all of those periods were very high performance uh, under Trump, way above expectations with Trump. And then what you also find, Larry, is amazing. Whenever you raise tax rates on the top 1%, revenues from the top 1% go down. You know, the people do earn less. They do earn less, but what they do earn, they shelter. So you really get a very sharp drop in revenues when they raise tax rates. When you lower tax rates in the top 1%, they pay their taxes. They don't shelter as much. They earn a lot more with dividends and capital gains and all of that stuff. And they pay a lot more in taxes there. And lastly, uh, that's really important, is when you raise taxes on the rich, the poor are hurt the most. So, you know, if you think the Great Depression, which was caused by taxes... If you think the Great Depression helped the poor, the minorities, the disenfranchised, you're crazy. The Great Great Depression and also World War II were horrible for the low-income families. Real wages and consumable products in the World War II, Larry, were lower than they had been almost a century earlier. Mm. So uh, you look at all these patterns there, and it's just amazing how those patterns continue time and time again. Yet you still see Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, AOC, tax the rich, the top 1%, all of that stuff. It just doesn't break. Then we go into the states let me, in right, there
2: let as me, well. let me. So if you really want to hurt the poor and the middle class, just pay attention to Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, uh, the steaming pile of Pelosi et al, and raise taxes on the rich. The economy will underperform, jobs won't be created, new products will be slower coming to market, and everybody will be in great pain. Or you can just let people who have earned that money keep the money they earned. And it's just, it's just, I don't care if you're talking uh, morality or you're talking economics. No matter how you spin it, taking money from the rich and giving it to other people for whatever deed you deem necessary hurts everybody but in particular the poor and the middle class. So those astronomical tax rates on the rich, where they're paying, you know, depending on where they live, up to 50% of their income in taxes. I mean, you know, if you're a progressive right now, I want you to listen to me. I've got a serious question for you. If you knew that the government was going to take half of your pay Would you try to shelter that pay? Would you try to hide that money? Would you put it places where you could hold on to more of it? And if you answer yes, then you're not a progressive. If you answer yes, you would try and protect that money. You would put it in tax-deferred accounts. You would... Uh, quit, uh, you know, collecting as much because you don't want to pay that much more. If you find that you would move your money around, change your behavior, then give up being a progressive, because that's what smart people do. And if they're not investing it, if they're not putting it in stocks, if they're not out investing in new businesses and corporations and taking advantages, uh, taking advantage of opportunities, if they're not building new houses, buying new cars, buying yachts, doing all those extravagant things that you think they shouldn't be able to do, then people aren't going to work to provide them. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, it, there is a serious problem with teaching economics in this, uh, in this country. People don't understand it. In fact, I would argue the people that are trying to regulate it are either out-and-out, out bald-faced liars, or they don't understand it themselves and still think they should have the power to regulate it. After all, it's what gets people elected. Vote for me, I will give you blah. I don't care what it is. Health care, education, food, uh, it, 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 the list goes on and on and on. That's how the Democrats win elections. We'll give you something. We'll give you something you haven't earned. And we'll take it from somebody who has. That's immoral. That literally is immoral. That's using the government to stick a gun in your back and take your money. How can you be a good-hearted progressive... And think that's fair. How can you possibly rationalize that? The government is supposed to do damned little. It it it's a there are like seven laws. Constitutionally, seven or eight laws, I don't remember the exact number, but that's it. That you can violate that the federal government can punish you for. This, this progressive Democrat diatribe about taxing the rich and taking their money and giving you freebies, all it's doing is killing the middle class. Uh, how long is that audio, Brian? By it's the way? longer than we have until the break, but we can play it when we come back. And all right, we'll it addresses play. Addresses perfectly what you're talking about. All right, we've got some audio for you that we will play. It's just it's a little too lengthy. Uh, for the time that we have left in uh, in this segment. Uh, when it comes to the Supreme Court, who's the motormouth? Who talks the most? Well, somebody did a little study on that, and we'll give you the answer. Also, uh, the Ford F-150 Lightning, that electric pickup truck that Joe Biden loves so much, well, apparently they've done some some stories about that. You may not want one of those. I mean, I don't want to hurt Ford, and I don't want to kill their sales. But I I think when you hear this, you just might want the old-fashioned internal combustion engine. Get them while you can. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 1035. We're, we're talking about the wealthy and paying taxes. Uh, and uh, we're talking about this uh, book that Art Laffer and uh, Jeannie Singfeld uh, wrote uh, about taxes. And there's another uh, a bit of audio here. And this should be a, a kind of a, a, an awakening for people on the left. I think most conservatives probably get this. But the actual numbers are, are startling. Here we go.
0: I'm Ami Horowitz and the mantra of the left is that the rich don't pay their fair share in taxes. Let's go find out if that's true. think the rich pay their fair share in taxes? No, fuck not. dude. <laughs> Do the rich pay their fair share in taxes?
5: Absolutely fucking not. In America, in America, in the United States, absolutely not. Absolutely not fair, if all things are considered. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, no chance. No, absolutely not.
0: No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, no. Definitely not. Not, Definitely even, not. not, even, not even close, yeah. No, no. Ah, oh, hell no. 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 I don't think they pay their fair share of taxes at all. Do you think the rich pay their fair share of taxes? Do they even pay taxes at all? You can't even calculate the extreme that the 1% has. The problem with a lot of them is that they just would rather, be, they'd rather be dead
5: than see poor people be rich or be well off. I mean, I I, I know people in America think of Gaddafi as a negative guy, but let's go back to Libya. Libya, free education, free electricity.
0: Gaddafi was slaughtering people in the streets. He was
5: slaughtering people in the streets. So it's
0: uh, six of this, half dozen the other. I just think capitalism is stupid and it doesn't work. I mean, obviously, look at our country, it doesn't work. How is it possible for billionaires to even exist in this country? And you've got
5: the most, mo- most starving, suffering people on the f- in, in the richest country in the world. Now, wait a second. You come from Zimbabwe. More people are starving in Zimbabwe than here. Uh, they, they sold me
0: a f- Lemon. I just think people shouldn't even be able to make as much money as they do. So you think there should be a, a cap on income? Yes, fully. Uh, what we're looking at is serfdom. What percentage should be paid by the top 1%? Probably 60%. 70 or 80%? I don't know. 75. I think
5: if it. they could kick it up to 75 to 80, that'll be good, man. Hit them up for 80%. They need to be freaking
0: taxed. Well, what's wrong with 90%? 90% is I like you.
5: I love you, man. 90%. This 90%. 95%. Dude, I
0: they think
5: they can live on 5%. 5%. I think they can live on 5%, man. I get where you're going with this, man. I, I I totally agree. 99% of
0: their wealth. Why should people with less money be paying more than billionaires when they literally don't have that money to pay in the first place? Why do you think poor people pay more than rich people? <laughs> because this country
5: is a joke. The, the, the poorest people are being milked.
0: More than the freaking rich. So, do you think that the poor pay a higher percentage of their income? Yes, or the rich? They, they do pay a higher percentage. The of poor,
3: their income. yeah, they do. Yeah.
0: Oh, the lower class, definitely pay more. Yeah. Lower people. Poor people. people. So the 1% earn about 25% of all the income in America. Right. So there you go. If we're talking about fair share, right. then, you know, if you're bringing in 25% of the income, 25% of the taxes should also... That would be fair. I mean, yeah, I would. So, yeah. And would you be surprised if I told you that the top 1% pay 40% of all taxes? I would yeah. Would it surprise you if I said the rich, the 1%, Pay 40% of all taxes in America? Interesting. What surprised me? Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So a little, a little more fair than you might have thought. Yeah. What percent of income do you think the top 1% pay? I
5: think they're paying like freaking 2% of that. They're
0: paying 27%. What? 27%. What percent of their income do you think people at the 50% and below pay?
5: Probably higher than 27%. If it gets higher, the lower your income comes. Wait, so,
0: what way the
5: numbers? I think it's probably over 50. It's 4%. Oh, wow. Huh. Interesting.
0: That sounds less, a little more fair.
5: Yeah, that sounds fair. Man, yeah. I, I need to I need to study up more on this, man. I, I, I'm i not paying attention to actual numbers.
0: Would it surprise you if I said that the top 1% pay 27% of their income in taxes? 27%? And the bottom 50% pay 4% of their income in taxes. Really? Would that surprise you? Yes. Does that seem more fair? Uh, that Yeah, it would be pretty fair. Oh, wow. Yes, I would. I didn't know that. That surprising? Yes. Does that seem more fair? I feel like it's. I mean, well, yeah, it would definitely seem fair. You're telling yes, me that's, that's the reality. One hundred percent. Wow. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Seems like the bottom should pay a little more.
2: Oh wow. There's a rude awakening. The bottom should pay a little more. Yeah. Well, this is the uh, this is the government that you vote for, uh, and it costs a fortune, and the rich pay most of it. Um, in the uh, in the, uh, the in the absence of uh, p- you know paying attention to the Constitution, the doctrine of enumerated powers, the size and scope and expense of government have exploded. The federal government is now thirty one point two trillion dollars in debt. The institution created to protect our rights has become the greatest violator of our rights, according to the Foundation for Economic Education an irony that would not have surprised the French economist Frederick Bastiat. Instead of checking crime, the law itself becomes guilty of the evils it's supposed to punish, he wrote. All of this explains why those marginal tax rates are so high and stems directly from the size of government. Instead of being excited that the inflation is eating away their wealth, people might have a slightly lower tax bill than last year, Americans should be asking why they're paying so much in the first place. It might help them rediscover the lost principles of limited government. Eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free number 800-529-5572 who's on topic here? Steve is Steve welcome, glad to have you on hey. the Gary Nolan Show.
3: Well, thank you. I enjoy your show. Um, you enlighten a lot of people about, I mean, why, why are we spending so much? Because um, the administration we had and previous administrations that have spent trillions and trillions. But I wanted to comment on the, I'm going to um, put some some words in here that um, describe these people that were just on your recording. The jealous, ignorant, complaining belly bellyachers that hate this country, need to move to a different country. Um, you know, they don't realize how well they have it, or either they're just lazy dogs. Because, um, I mean, the more the harder you work in this country, the better off you should be. Yep. And um, you need to either use your back or your brains, or your back and your brains, and it will get you someplace.
2: Except now it's much more difficult I mean, this country has gotten so crazy with rules, laws, regulation, and redistribu- uh, redistribution of wealth that in St. Louis count- in St. Louis, as we pointed out earlier in the program, you can't even feed the poor. You can't even, right. a church can't feed the poor unless they give the government a couple of weeks notice, pay for a, a license, and then they can only serve certain foods.
3: I mean, for crying right. well, out loud. Yeah, I'm I'm right with that. I, I install signs for a living, and I farm. Also, I I install signs to support my farming. Okay, <laughs> I I um got 125 acres. It's all paid for. Um, I sold $16,000 worth of cattle. I said to my wife, I said, how much did we sell in cattle last year? She said, $16,000. She says, now you wanna know what the feed bill was? And I said, yeah, tell me what the feed bill was. She said, $16,000. So wow, the average person out there would say, well, you're rich, you know, but <laughs> I'm on poverty level because, you know, I just traded, traded hands from one hand to another. $16,000 worth of feed bill for $16,000 worth of cattle. And I got a cow-calf operation, about 50 head. But, um, you know, I go to these cities and they have laden it down with so much bureaucracy, so much license. You got to get a license for everything to install a sign here in this city, to do one in that city. You got to be bonded. You got to be insured. I got to be insured $2 million. Um, They've just made the bureaucracy so tough, you can't hardly do business anymore.
2: Well, it's your fault, Steve. It's the people in your industry who are <laughs> hanging faulty signs. Uh, so well, many of them, in fact, that the government had to regulate them.
3: In 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 the Lake of the Ozarks <laughs> and the, and the hillbillies down here. I mean, they paint a cardboard um, sign and put it up, and they put it up with ratchet straps. It's it's amazing what some people do down here. But the people down here, they don't have. The regulations, like they do in Columbia and Des Moines and St. Louis and Kansas City and those there.
2: Yeah, you'd, you'd think that there was uh, an epidemic of signs crashing down on people's heads and killing them in the streets. So we needed right. a license, uh, a licensing and permit structure, which really just makes it impossible for less expensive competition to come in uh, and and put up signs.
3: It's silly. Well, well, well. When I started this in Des Moines, Iowa, there was Charlie Cadera, one sign, one sign. Um, he issued the permits and inspected and everything for the whole city of Des Moines. Now they probably got 20 there, and you can't hardly get anything done. They've just, the bureaucracy has just grown, and they try to justify their own job. And, yeah, at least they got a job. Yeah,
2: <laughs> crushing yours. All right, Steve. Right. Thank you, buddy. Best of luck to you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Up against the clock. Quick break. Uh, a little uh, little education information coming your way next on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. 1051. Glad to have you with us. People are dying in their sleep, and it's linked to vaccines. We'll uh, give you the uh, the story, hopefully, in the next hour. maybe Maybe we'll get to it sooner. Uh, but we will try first a little, uh, little uh, uh, education information. Uh, as I always argue, get your kids out of government schools. So the folks over at Market Watch uh, wrote a piece: Public schools unable to compete with private sector as thousands of K through 12 staffers quit during back to school session. In uh, September, 21,700 school workers left their jobs according to the latest government data. This includes everyone from teachers to janitors at public schools. The number of K-through-12 school workers fell to 7,000, I'm sorry, 7,755,000 in September. To put those figures in context, in March 2020 before the coronavirus took a toll on the US economy, More than 8 million public school staff were in the workforce. Nationwide, there's a shortage of 300,000 teachers and other school workers, according to the National Education Association, the largest teachers' union in the country. Schools have been struggling to fill positions across the board, said Andrew Sparr, president of the Florida Education Association. It is every position in our schools. Custodians, maintenance workers, cafeteria workers, paraprofessionals who are also known as teachers' assistants, front office, school counselors, school social workers, and then, of course, our, institution, our instructional teachers. So it uh, runs the gamut that everyone is struggling to fill positions throughout the state and throughout the nation. And it's all positions in our public schools but private schools did pretty well. The private sector has been boosting benefits to attract more workers, with many companies uh, tailoring wages and offering better perks. In some cases, the share of lower wage in-person job postings uh, advertising key benefits more often uh, more than doubled from August of 2019 to August, 2022. Those improved benefits um, related to health insurance, paid time off, retirement plans, etc. Public schools are unable to compete with the private sector. And that's what you would expect. Government schools and their education, uh, according to uh, the most recent uh, reading of, of education, Catholic schools outperform private schools all over the country. You keep reading these stories and hearing these stories about how reading and math has plummeted across the country. Those are public schools. Private schools, Catholic schools, nope. No such problem. But wait, there's more. The college level. I was reading a piece. This is from CNBC, so you can expect that they, of course, don't understand economics. How college became so expensive and how we can turn it around, according to a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. Like, somehow, him being a Pulitzer Prize winner uh, makes this, uh, you know, accurate. But his, his, his solution to the price of a college tuition, to solving the high price, isn't to get the government out of the loan business, isn't to decouple the government from education, oh, Nay, nay His response is, the government needs to underwrite education more. The very prescription for driving up the cost of government education at the college level is his solution to the problem of higher costs for higher education. What does this idiot expect will happen when governments shell more money... Uh, at college education. The market is the market. The laws of economics, as I say, are immutable. And if you raise your tuition prices and people are still knocking on the door, still dying to get in, you get to raise them some more. As long as it doesn't end up curtailing, for financial reasons, the number of people who are going to school you just keep raising prices. And you can come up with all kinds of places to put the money. Diversity and inclusion classes and, uh, you know, minority uh, groups that uh, go to see the minority counselor because somehow they think they're not just another American. You can spend money talking about transsexuals and and how we need to, you know, create separate restrooms for Or let them go into the wrong restrooms. And you come up with all kinds of reasons and places to put that money. The very problem created by government involvement in financing college tuition is the solution this progressive wants for the high cost of college tuition. Democrats just don't learn. You know, one of, the, uh, one of the observations that Brian made on that audio we, we played about uh, education, and we've seen this before. We, we've got a, an audio piece that we play uh, during the breaks about uh, minimum wage, is, is that these people go, oh, I guess I should do more homework. I guess I should look this up. I should do some research. Yeah. Quit taking the word of big government for granted Go do some homework because they're lying to you. Literally, they're lying to you. All right, uh, coming up in the next hour, who is is, uh, the big mouth on the Supreme Court? The Ford F 150 Lightning Electric Pickup Truck. How are they doing with that vehicle? Uh, We'll cover that. Uh, We've got uh, ATF. The people who are apparently responsible for enforcing gun laws are the most irresponsible people when it comes to guns. It's hard to believe that they're in charge of guns when they're as bad at taking care of their own as they are. All that's coming up on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. You want to listen online? Go to GaryNolan.com. Click on the Listen Here link. It is the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.